Hey, not anymore, Dylan, okay? Come on now. Come on now. Come on, Chin. We are uh, hanging out here on this Wednesday edition, heading down to Surprise, Arizona, to uh, talk with uh, Jack Johnson, uh, hanging out with us as he is there in Surprise with spring training and the Kansas City Royals. Jack, what's up, man? How are you today? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Final day here and still pretty busy. I just got done talking with some players, and we got Cotrero coming up in about 20 minutes or so, but still a lot of fun down here. You're, it, it sucks to say that though, right? When you say final day here, like that, that, that hurts you. That hurts you. I, I felt a little bit in the voice when you said that, the, the, the pain there. It, it does hurt a little bit, man. They, they flew by. I feel like we got here 30 minutes ago, it feels like. And that's what Seren told me. He's like, you're just busy all day, all the time. Mm-hmm. And you just keep doing the same thing every single day. And of course, you know, you kind of look up and time to go already. Yeah, um, and, but it's fun though. It's fun, man. I, w- I was happy to uh, to hear that you were heading down there, and I know you've been killing it um, as well. And uh, certainly, uh, we'll get some more from you today. I, I did want to get your thoughts on, um, you know, we talked about Bobby Witt yesterday, and 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 what he did in the off season, and what he is uh, doing in making a name around Major League Baseball. You know, even more of just the understanding of how uh, great of a player he is. MLB Network going through their top one hundred players. They um, reveal numbers 20 through 11, and um, number 20 player in all of baseball is Bobby Witt Jr., and he went from rank 92 last year up to number 20. What's really interesting to me, um, Jack, is that number, did you see, I'm assuming you may have seen the list, but I know you're busy, so you may not have, but I know you're tied into everything. Um, The, what's fascinating to me is that who is number 19? And number 19 on that list is Adley Rushman, one spot ahead of Bobby Witt. And there was a time uh, in the offseason last year where we thought, my God, they were one spot away from getting Adley Rushman. And it's going to be one of those where Bobby Witt's going to be okay and Adley Rushman's going to be this Hall of Famer. And he's one spot ahead of Bobby Witt. It's not the end-all, be-all. But he's also three years older than Bobby Witt Jr., and he hasn't signed a long-term deal yet. And so, looking back, I'm not saying that the Royals would take Bobby Witt over Adley Rushman if they had to do it over, or if they had their choice of the two. But what a difference a year makes when we're looking at those two guys and viewing that particular draft and what happened at picks one and two. Yeah, I think that you know, coming out of the draft, Adley Rushman was always going to be one of those prospects that was such a safe pick because one, he was damn good, but two, there there really wasn't going to be a floor for him. It didn't feel like he was going to bottom out like some top draft picks may be. He was one of the best pure college hitters that I had ever seen. I had seen in person. I mean, the ball would fly off his bat, and he played at a powerhouse at Oregon State. Uh, But I did think at the end of the day, but when you look at these two guys, both transcendent ball players, both superstars for their team, what I'm curious to see, though, is what does Bobby Witt Jr. look like when this lineup really is cooking, when they are a winning baseball team? You know, mm-hmm. Adley Rutschman, as good as he is, it's a really good lineup in Baltimore. There's a lot of protection in that lineup. Not to take anything away from his success. He's a great defensive catcher. Uh, he's one of the best pure-hitting catchers in the league. That's hard to come by. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., though, I, I feel like that ceiling hasn't been reached just yet, and that's the scary thing for the rest of the league is I think there still is a lot more to learn about him as a player. I think there's a lot more to see about him as a player. And when you put up big numbers like this on a team like last year where you lose 106, 
it makes me wonder, Jason, you know, what is this going to look like if they are a playoff team? If he's got protection at the top of the lineup and right behind him, when he's getting more pitches to hit, when he doesn't have a slow start in the first half, I think the possibilities are endless. We're hanging out with Jack Johnson, and, and we don't know what Adley Rushman is going to sign for either. Like that, that, That's the other part. It's the bird in the hand. We know that the Royals have Bobby Witt Jr., for the next seven years, which means that they got at least nine years out of Bobby Witt Jr. when they drafted him number two overall. And, and what could be high-level play. Top 20 in all of baseball play for nine years out of uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Health, assuming, and all of that stuff, which, you know, I will absolutely take that right now. Adley Rushman may demand $300 million, um, and the Orioles may have to trade him. And then they go through the, uh, uh, the process that, you know, uh, a number of us thought that, uh, the Royals could be going through with Bobby Witt. If they didn't sign him this offseason, then how soon do you start looking at and assessing when the best time to trade Bobby Witt is? And now they don't have to do that, which is great. But I thought it was awesome uh, to see Bobby Witt on the list, crack the top 20, move up 72 spots in uh, in one year uh, for uh, for Bobby Witt. It's awesome. And, and what the Royals have done as well, while we have you on, uh, we talked yesterday, we, we got into a conversation about the, the uh, starting staff, and what the Royals did there, this bullpen was uh, pretty awful last year, and there wasn't a whole lot for Q to choose from and try to navigate some of those late-inning games, especially as the season went along. And it's clear that that was one of the biggest factors that J.J. Piccolo and and, uh, important pieces that they wanted to go and address, and they did that early on with Will Smith and Chris Stratton, et cetera, et cetera. There's also pieces in the organization as well, and there's you know pieces that they brought in. Uh, The bullpen getting revamped is going to be, in my estimation, is going to be one of the more underrated parts because it just gives them an opportunity to not have – 180, 190 innings from Lugo and Waka and Lyles that if you can get five or six, you're not handing over a 3-2 lead to a bullpen that's going to give up five, six, seven runs. There'll be some blown you know, saves along the way, but there are much more professional guys out there in the bullpen waiting to come in. Um, and, and there are guys that maybe Royals fans haven't even thought of or looked at or were, were uh, thinking would be uh, big parts of, of this team in, in 2024. Yeah, and I think this is the, the chance we really get to see who Matt Kerr is as a manager. Uh, I think it's nearly impossible. They could have had, you know, uh, Bruce Boshi last year, and I don't think they would have been that much better because there just wasn't enough talent to go around at any position. I mean, of course you had Bobby Wood Jr. You lose Vinny Pasquantino early. Cole Riggins joins you midseason. Michael Garcia uh, really starts playing uh, at a full-time position uh, about a couple months in as well. So Bobby Wood Jr. was really the only guy that you could turn to and say, we can count on that every single night. He is going to be a superstar. And having a good bullpen makes it so much easier on a manager, and it makes those decisions late in the game work out in your favor a little bit more. I mean, I always thought it was funny how much criticism Matt Quattrero got for going to a certain guy in the bullpen in a one-run game. My thought was always, well, who else do you want out there? There's not many guys that you can count on. Scott Barlow was experiencing a career-worst year. Uh, his velocity was down. Yes, Carlos Hernandez looked good in the first half. He didn't at all in the second half. Then you have a bunch of young guys, a lot of waiver wire guys that were just piecing it together by the very end. I, I think there was one time uh, they threw Max Castillo out there in the setup role, and people were freaking out about uh, throwing somebody out there, or Tucker Davidson late in the season. I'm like, they are so burned out on arms. They, they are scrapping together guys to just get innings, to get to the finish line, and that's what J.J. Bacol in this front office wanted to ensure didn't happen again, that we've got 
five or six not only reliable guys, but guys that have really good pure stuff. That's kind of the important thing to point out here. I think there's a lot of teams that have this misconception of building a bullpen of, oh, you just need a guy who's got some good numbers. I think that's important. But I also want guys in the back end of the bullpen that can get swing and miss stuff, that can really be elite at the back end where when you face the Royals late in the game, they've got a one-run lead. You don't want to see a guy coming out there that's throwing 97, 98, 99 with movement and a power slider. The Royals in the past have been throwing out guys that fit anywhere from 91, 92, 93, and oh, get this, no control. So what are you trying to get out of the back end of your bullpen when you just don't have a lot of elite-level guys? Yes, these guys could not be the best versions of themselves. Uh, they could maybe struggle a little bit with command from time to time, but certainly going into this, they knew that how much patchwork they had last year, and they wanted to make this a very stable part of their team. Because if you have a good bullpen, Royals fans know how far that can take you. Dan Altavia was uh, with the uh, Padres. Um, he's been with the Mariners, and now he's with the Royals, and he uh, had Tommy John surgery. So he's missed the last couple of years in, in Major League Baseball. But he got a minor league invite. He got an invite, a minor league deal, but he got an invite to camp. And he's one of the goes, uh, those guys that are there uh, with the Royals. How much of an opportunity and a chance do you think he has of, of uh, making this squad out of uh, uh, tra- uh, spring training? Well, you know, I, I think the good thing for the Royals is it's a good problem to have. Is There's a lot of guys that you may want to make the team, have the stuff to make the team, but there's just too many, too many spots right now, too many spots that are filled. As we talked about way back at the beginning of the week, five new faces there. And then you have somebody like a Matt Sauer, who is a Rule 5 yeah. pick. He either makes your team or you got to send them back to New York. And I don't think the Royals want to do that. They think highly of him. I really like Dan Altavia. He's a good story. Uh, he looked good in the Dominican Winter League. I asked him yesterday about his fastball. and He said he was sitting about 94, 98. Had a live BP I had the chance to see yesterday. And stuff looked pretty good. Glove was popping a bit. Uh, it is a long shot, though. As with all these minor league deal guys, they – they knew with, with a deal like this in spring training, even if they do pitch their ass off, they may not get a spot here. They may have to go down to AAA and then hope for an opening at some point throughout this season. And I hope that Dan Altavia, even if he doesn't make the team, uh, takes that spot in AAA and he's kind of you know back there as depth because this bullpen is going to need depth. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go throughout an entire season with eight guys you know, throwing innings for you in the back end. You're going to need about 15, 16, or 17. And even if they only give you five innings, hey, that's it's piecing it together. But I'm excited to see what he looks like here in some of the, the live-action games. I think the velocity is a big thing for him when he was with Seattle, when he was with Boston, when he was with San Diego. That fastball is what gave him uh, a lot of his you know, status. That's what everybody knew about him. He threw really hard, had good spin rate on it. And I, I know that he's coming off a couple of arm injuries. That is concerning. But it's a, it's a no-risk deal. It's a flyer here. So we'll see what Dan Altavia looks like. And he, uh, he talked about his up-and-down journey and uh, landing now with the uh, an opportunity with the Royals. Uh, it's been great. It's, it's been a long road uh, just having the two injuries the last few years. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to be healthy coming into camp and being ready to compete. But, um, you know, pitched pitch well for Lise this past offseason. And, um, um, you know, I had some interest in, in Winter League. And um, I let my agent do most of the talking with the teams. But... You know, he let me know the Royals were interested, and, um, you know, I, I thought it was a good opportunity for me. So, um, you know, just speaking with him, uh, we went back and forth and ultimately made the decision to come here. So, you know, I'm happy to be here. Uh, fastball, I think, is the best part of your game. You probably think it's the best part of your game when you're throwing near triple digits. You brought up health. You feel healthy right now. Where is that fastball at? Uh, you know what? Um, in, the, in the winter league, I was anywhere from, like, 94 to 98. 
Um, right now, I'm not sure. I have a lot of BP today, so, um, you know, we'll see early on. But uh, I'm feeling really good, feeling healthy, and uh, ready to go. Now, I've been talking to a couple pitchers around here, and they've talked about developing a new pitch. James McCarthy said he's developing a cutter. Is there one pitch that maybe you've been working on or trying to work on? Uh, yeah, so um, in my rehab, I found out that um, my changeup has been working really well, and I haven't thrown that in you know, probably since 2016. And it's been a really good pitch so far in bullpens, and I even sprinkled it in in um, the Winter League. But, you know, I'm looking forward to incorporating that in my arsenal. So, you know, we'll see what kind of reaction I get from the hitters, and, uh, you know, that'll tell me if, uh, if I'm going to use it or not. You know, we, we hear so much about the Winter League, whether it be the Dominican Winter League, the Venezuelan Winter League, Puerto Rican Winter League. Uh, for those that maybe don't know about the atmosphere, don't know about the environment down there, what was that like for you? Uh, it's incredible. The fans are in it from, you know, pitch one to the end of the game. I mean, you know, there's a live DJ the whole game. <laughs> you know, they're announcing every part of the game. So it's it's an incredible experience that, you know, I'd recommend it for, you know, all players to go down there at least one year and, you know, just experience it because it is like a big league environment. So, you know, I had a blast. So, you know, maybe I'll um, see myself down there again in the years to come. Look, let's hope he's um, he's pitching that well and adds depth to the team. I mean, a minor league contract, he'll, he'll add that to the bullpen. Um, and if he comes out there and is awesome, it's not because there's uh, no depth and there's no talent there. It's because he went and earned it. One of the uh, – look, we, we, we've talked about the different free agent signings as well, the uh, the Lugo, the Waka, the you know Will Smith and Chris Stratton and Hunter Renfro, and even Adam Frazier with the connection that was there with, um, uh, with Hunter Renfro and being uh, college roommates – but uh, Garrett Hampson is a guy, too, that, you know, they've added to the mix and a guy that can play center field, can play second baseman or uh, second base, can play shortstop, can play in the dirt and in the grass as well. Um, you know, he and Adam Frazier, are those guys fighting for one spot or, or do they both have a spot on this uh, on this particular team? And, and uh, what have they looked like as uh, they're getting ready for this season as new faces with the Royals that can play a lot of different positions? Yeah, I think it was really interesting when the Royals went after both these guys because uh, they basically do the same thing. Garrett Hampson's got a little bit more speed than Adam Frazier. Uh, Hampson's coming off a better year than Adam Frazier. But I do think J.J. Bacola wants as many guys for depth that can play a lot of positions. And the good thing for the Royals, you know, Frazier's a lefty, Garrett Hampson's a righty. It can be as simple as that. As, uh, they want those matchups there. Mac Quattrero is very much of a matchup a uh, type of manager. It's not going to be a set lineup every single night unless that lineup is rolling. And you know, Garrett w- was very excited to be here, and I had a chance to actually ask him what these first couple days have been like. Oh, it's been great. Just trying to get to know, know everybody, try to get the names right to start. But otherwise, uh, it's been awesome getting down here in Surprise, staying in Arizona, which was nice for me, living in Scottsdale. So uh, spent a couple, couple more days with the family and just getting, getting the season rolling. feels good. Now, I talked to a couple of the super utility guys here about what their most comfortable position is. I know you can play tons of positions, infield, outfield, doesn't really matter to you. What feels best for you? Though? What feels like home? Uh, I grew up a shortstop, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to say I feel probably most comfortable at shortstop, but the ability to move around, I know, is, is valuable for me, and, and uh, so I take pride in being able to kind of move around. I feel really comfortable in the outfield now, so um, yeah, I would say just trying to stay sharp in all the positions. Now, speed's one of the best parts of your game, and this is a very fast team with lots of elite guys in that category. So where would you say right now you rank in terms of the fastest guys on the team? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there's numbers out there, but 
unless there's a there's a race here in camp, I guess we'll never really really know. Well, let's get that race going. Come on, let's go, Garrett. Maurice Green's there. What's he there for if not to have races, right, Jack? Exactly. I, I'm kind of hoping here in the last hour I'm here at the complex, <laughs> I can line up five or six guys and let's just see, man. A hundred meter dash. Let's get it done. Let's find out, man. Garrett, the uh, you know we 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 uh, we discussed Adam Frazier yesterday. Um, Hampson, uh, for those that are wondering, last year with the uh, Marlins. He played uh, 30 games at shortstop, 26 in center field, 21 in right field, 13 at second base, 10 in left field, 5 at third base, and he DH'd four different times as well. So uh, <laughs> he didn't pitch, though, so get it together, Garrett. Do something. Uh, Jack, we appreciate it, man. We know you got some other duties uh, there to uh, go talk to Matt Quattrero. We'll let you go. Appreciate the update. Safe travels back, man. Hey, thanks so much. Have a blast, guys. Absolutely. There's Jack Johnson. Um, and he, he's working. I mean, he's got, he's got other things to do. He's going to go talk to Matt Quattrero now. Uh, I believe it's just in, Quat, uh, in Q's office. Is that what it is? Just a, a one-on-one? I think uh, so. Jack I, and Q? I think they're just, actually, they're just the, playing catch. <laughs> hey, hey, Q, you want to have catch? I'd like that, Jack. Thank you to Jack Johnson, talking some Rawls baseball. Sam Munson will be our guest coming up at noon from Pro Football Focus. Get his thoughts on the uh, Chiefs and also some free agents as well. 913-912-4810. It is going to be fun to see how this roster shakes out for the Royals as they start to have more scrimmages and uh, inter-squad games and then start some uh, spring training games and you see some live action, not just live BP with, um, you know, the uh, the pitchers and, and uh, some of the guys at bat and, uh, and things like that. So looking forward to that and we'll see if they break camp with uh, Adam Frazier and also Garrett Hampson on the team, guys that can do a lot of different things and can play a lot of different positions. Do they offer a whole lot of added value in terms of what they'll do with the plate or just you're going to put somebody out there at that position and feel like you've got a professional baseball player that's out there right not a 4a player not a triple a guy that you're just trying to get through nine innings because you've got to facilitate the game of baseball for 162 for major league baseball and you're just trying to get to the uh, tape and that's not the case this year with the royals team which you know over 162 can make a difference in a three-game series or a five-game series in the playoffs, not that big of a difference. 162, yeah, it can help out from time to time because if you're throwing that guy in there, if somebody's on the IL or something like that, yeah, you, you feel a little bit better than having to go down and grab somebody that's just not worthy of being at the big league level at, at that point. There's kind of an air of competence around the Royals right now that is, I, I mean, unfortunately, a breath of fresh air. <laughs> that, that feels it's, it's not all wishes and dreams and hopes and... They locked up Bobby Witt. They've got grown-ups across the board. They, the bullpen isn't going to feel like just leaves, like covering covering your eyes and then just throwing a dart and hoping that it hits something. I mean, th- this could all totally be squandered by June, but right now, it, it feels pretty good around the Royals, and that's a, that's a pleasant place to be. Let's hear from Bobby Witt. So he was on uh, MLB Network last night. They're going through their top 100 players in Major League Baseball. And again, as uh, one of the things we started talking about with Jack Johnson is the top 100 in baseball at MLB Network. 
And I think it's really, I think it's something to watch moving forward since going back to the draft where Adley Rushman went number one and Bobby Witt went number two. Mm-hmm. And now the top 100 players, number 19 is Adley Rushman and number 20 is Bobby Witt. And a year ago, where were they at a year ago? I need to find that. A year ago, Bobby Witt was number 92, and Adley Rushman was number 41. Hmm. Going into last year, that seemed like a massive difference between pick number one and pick number two. Yep, like, sure oh did. my goodness, 51 spots worse. Now Adley Rushman is, 90, uh, is 19, and Bobby Witt has moved 72 spots higher to number 20. But what's... You know, sort of interesting about this, look, catcher versus shortstop, but at least he's a shortstop and not third base. He's playing phenomenal shortstop. Adley Rushman is a fantastic hitting catcher, which is hard to find. He's two years older than Bobby Witt, and Bobby Witt's already signed. He's already signed his I don't know what Adley Rushman's going to ask for, but is is he going to be okay signing the Bobby Witt contract to where we know right now the bird in the hand is that the number 20 player in baseball has seven more years with the Royals. The number 19 player in baseball has four years left with the Orioles, and then we'll see what he signs for. Maybe he signs for you know six more years after that and stays with the Orioles and takes a team-friendly deal, and he loves it there. I'm not saying I would take Bobby Witt over Adley Rushman, number one, um, I'm not saying that at all, but what a difference a year makes to where we're not talking about when you trade Bobby Witt. We're talking about those guys being 19 and 20, both being top 20 players, one of them two years younger and already signed a long-term deal with this team. That's a pretty phenomenal 12 months. I don't know that you're ready to say that you'd take Bobby Witt over Adley Rushman, but as you're alluding to... I'd rather be in the Royals' shoes yeah. than the Orioles' shoes with those two players right now. You with, give those those, with, yeah. with those two specifically. With those, yes, yes, yes. But if you say you can be the Orioles and have Adley Rushman or the Royals and have Bobby Wood Jr., and, and knowing the contract that we just went yeah. through with a fine-tooth comb, all of that still feels like a good deal to me. And I mean, I, I'm, nothing changed in a, a few mm-hmm. spring training at-bats, but I, I think the Royals are, are in— Bill Simmons always has done for years the, uh, the, the, the NBA like trade value rankings, right? Yeah. And then you take age and contract and all of that into account, and it's what would this player get on the open market and all. It's a, it's a fun way of viewing the overall value of a player. Bobby Wood Jr. right now is is an incredibly, incredibly valuable asset that the Royals have locked into place. That feels amazing to be able to confidently say out loud. Yeah, because the Orioles also have, you know, Gunnar Henderson and Santander and Burns and Bradish and, and um, also um, – um, the number one player in, in all of minor league baseball, um, whose name, for whatever reason, has escaped me. I couldn't um, tell if you were doing a thing or you were leading up to him or... You no, know. no, it's... Um, who's the number one uh, prospect in all of baseball with the Orioles? Um, a prodigy, a uh, son. I googled something Trey here. says Jackson Holiday. Jackson, Jackson Holiday. Holiday. You. There Thank you go, of course. Uh, I was Ooh, like, that. his dad's name is Matt. Uh, it's Matt something Holiday. Duh. I was Googling how do I, it. How do I forget Jackson Holiday? Either way, Jackson Holiday... Uh, yeah, I'd rather be in the Orioles' shoes Thousand right now. Percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But For the entirety of their health. Just wanted to specifically point that out that you weren't saying that you'd no. rather be the Orioles, uh, Royals than the Orioles. But with those two specific but if, players. if you said Adley Rushman on his current deal or Bobby Witt on his deal, mm-hmm. I'll take where the Royals have found themselves with Bobby Witt yeah. and very, very happily. Yeah, seven years more. We don't know what they're going to get with uh, Adley Rushman. But it doesn't look like it's that mammoth of a gap to where you're going. Maybe Bobby Witt's just going to be a fine player. Yep. 
maybe he's just going to be an okay player uh, for you know six, seven years with the Royals and go somewhere else and signs a big deal because the price of doing business is somebody's willing to pay a lot more money than the Royals are for what they would get in return value on that particular player. The Royals, if they're going to spend that money, have to get really good value from that, and they are getting fantastic value from what they're paying Bobby Witt uh, right now. Um, Let's hear from Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt was on uh, MLB Network last night, the number 20 player in all of baseball. Here's that conversation with the uh, folks at MLB Network and Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals. Bobby, congratulations. Soaring 72 spots from last year. Uh, CY just did a great breakdown on all of your improvements. I just want to ask you specifically defensively, how did you improve so dramatically at short? Well, thank you, first and foremost, but really just kind of simplify things as much as possible. We did had we had a great uh, coaching staff with having uh, Jose Aguasil and Vance Wilson kind of helping out with things and just really get into a good routine before the game uh, and stuff. And just so just trying to make sure everything I do off the field kind of helps my game on the field. And so just really just kind of fixing first steps and just simplifying the game as much as possible and just making the routine plays routine plays. And then the other ones just have fun with. Bobby, Ron Darling here. Um, you've had the fastest man in the world in your camp in Maurice Green. You've been working with him. How do you think he's going to be able to help your great speed become more efficient? Yeah, it's just making those milliseconds, just changing those little things. I, I led the league in getting thrown out last year, so that's something that I definitely don't want to do again. And so a lot of those are just kind of by a step or by a finger length or whatever it was. So just really just making things is easy as possible, um, making things a little bit quicker, jumps, just working on a bunch of things and just trying to create that little little edge. That's great. That's great. And, and for me, when you have a, going into spring training, going into the season, you guys have 10 new players added to the roster. With you clearly being the face of the organization now, do you feel a certain sense or a certain responsibility to be that guy, to welcome those guys in and to create a new culture of what the royal way is going to become? Yeah, it's just trying to get to know them as as well as possible just kind of create a great family here with the royals and just try to build off that and then just come together as one and root for each other pull pull for each other and just always be be that best teammate you can possibly be and i think that's the biggest thing just for guys that are coming in just to learn about them and then get to know them and then go out there and compete with them uh you've grown up watching mlb network and the top 100 players right now what do you think about being the 20th best player in the world it's it's an honor. I don't know. I got kind of the chills when you said that, but uh, it's it just, it's motivation just to keep working because there's uh, you always know, just got to get better each and every day, but then also just got to take things day by day. Not really worried about what's going on tomorrow. Just focus on today. Really trust my process, um, live in the present moment, be where my feet are and just kind of keep improving. Is it cool if I call you the Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Royals? <laughs> you got you to go by Mahomes. You got to ask him first. Okay, uh, I will. I'll make sure I do that. <laughs> You're such a nice kid. Bobby Witt Jr., congratulations on the great ranking and best of luck with the Royals this year, okay? Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, ask Patrick first, okay? <laughs> That's a good answer. Josh, is it okay if I call you the Patrick Mahomes of Sports Radio 810? It would be fine with me, but it's not up to me. You should ask Patrick. I'll text him okay. for you. Great. Uh, if you could, that'd be uh, all. He is not answering my he says text cool. anymore. He got right back to me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's just sitting around, uh, just not doing anything, just uh, waiting for – he's been waiting for your text. Like he has. Yeah. Scorned a lover. 
Yeah, I, I I said can I just texted him all lowercase just to congrats right after the Super Bowl and he sent me a whole long thing back about how much it meant to him and I got to get back to him. Thank you so much for you know being there every step of the way. All the support, you know, back I know the there draft. were doubters. You never doubted never at all. Doubted. Um, you were there. I appreciate that you never picked time. the Ravens or anything. Yeah, really stupid. I appreciate you picking the Ravens. Um, I know why you did it. Now he asked me to do it actually. Yeah, I can I reveal know. that now. I get it. I know why you did it. Uh, totally, uh, totally understandable. Um, <laughs> Anthony Rendon's been in the news. Yeah. With the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, they no longer have Shohei Otani, um, which means that their playoff hopes are really taking a shot. I mean, just really. <sighs> if they could just find a superstar to pair with Mike Trout. Really lowering their chances of making the playoffs without Shohei Otani. But luckily, they've got a $40 million a year player in uh, Anthony Rendon. Um, that they signed before the 2020 season for seven years, $245 million. And um, it has done nothing but work out for them uh, so far for the uh, for the Angels. And luckily for them, they've got a completely, totally 100% committed player. Um, here's Anthony Rendon at uh, practice yesterday, uh, yesterday morning there at spring training. Uh, doing his uh, media work and uh, talking about um, if uh, baseball is still the uh, top priority or is a top priority for him. Enthusiasm has been the same since I got drafted, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was actually deleting old emails because um, my storage is getting to my maximum in my in my my email. And so I've been going back, deleting old emails, and I'm looking at and I emailed myself a pros and cons of why I wanted to stay in the game. This was in 2014. And so my thought process of the game has not changed since then. And I'll, and I'll keep making it this long. <laughs> How does your pro and con list today compare to what it was like 10 years ago? It's a lot different. Um, I'm married. I've had four kids. My priorities have changed since I was um, in my early 20s. So definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Is it still a top priority for you, though? It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So, Did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. Thank you. <laughs> but he didn't actually answer it though. No, not really. Because he said, do you want to be here yeah. is different than it's my job. Yeah. Because if you answer it's my job, then you're kind of answering the question, I guess. Because if Chad comes to me and is like, hey, um, is the show still a top priority for you? Well, it's a priority because it's my job. My, my job is the show, so it's a priority. Yeah, but do you want to be here? I've already answered you, Chad. What do you mean do I want to be here? I just told you it's my job. But do you want to be here is the question. Are you enjoying... Here's the thing, because if you don't want to be here, guess what you might do? You might spend a few more days on the IL. He's got $115 million left on his contract. You might spend a few more days that, you know, I don't think I'm ready for that rehab assignment yet. You know, this is real. This, I mean, my hamstring is barking. I'm going to have to take a few days off, Skip. My hamstring is really, really hurting. No, no, it's my job. I'm here. But do you want to be here? I'm here. Yeah, but 
are you are you hurt or are you injured? I'm here, so I won't get fined, Marshawn. Yeah. Thank you. That's the because that's the question. We know it's a priority because you showed up. Right. But is the priority your paycheck? Because there are plenty of people out there that are working for the paycheck, not loving what they do. It's a common thing in life. And it is a responsibility that adults have to go through and do because you've got to find a way to make money, to live. And you may not love your job, but you know you have to get up in the morning and go through the rat race, and then at the end of the day, slide down the dinosaur, and hopefully, you know, uh, there's other great things in your life. But the priority, and I don't think anybody's expect. I, I think people looking at it and going, "Well, his top priority is in baseball." I understand if your family's your top he went priority. Faith and family, I get. It. All right, man, I hear you. Totally, that's fine. Like Harrison Bucker was it the same thing, you right? Know? But when you start off by saying, "I was deleting old emails." Yeah. And in 2014, I deleted an email of pros and cons of whether or not I want to stay in baseball. That was his second year in the big leagues. That was his first year, first full year in the big leagues was 2014. And he's wondering if he wants to stay in baseball or not. And I get it. You don't have to love the game. There are a lot of people that don't love the game, that just do it, right? I'm a Suns fan. I had DeAndre Ayton for a while. That one, yeah. that one, I've I've thought about that angle mm-hmm. of it. It is outrageous. Not I'm not I'm not I'm outraged. It is shocking that he's been in that headspace for ten years and is still here now. Like that. Uh, look, baseball is a long season. The Angels are a, probably a tough franchise to play for. The grind of base. We talk about the grind of baseball season in the best of circumstances. I, I am. I am extremely, extremely giving in terms of letting pro athletes making a lot of money still be treated like human beings that just, like, have troubles and have hard days and yeah, good days. absolutely. But, man, you've been doing pros and cons lists for 10 years. If anybody in any job said that to me, I'd be like, hey, man, I'd look around. <laughs> I'd, I'd do 10 years you've been on a day-to-day basis going, maybe today's the day. Maybe this is the year. That... It, it seems so untenable to me. He was on the Jack Vito show. Um, I found out there's a show called the Jack Vito show. But he was on the Jack Vito show. And um, uh, Jack Vito uh, was talking about, uh, Anthony Rendon was talking about how his daughter's loving sports and uh, playing soccer and taking it seriously and, like, asking more questions about, you know, the game, the rules and everything. And here's where that conversation went. Yeah, is that exciting? I mean, obviously working in sports and seeing your kids maybe taking, falling in your path. Yeah, definitely not falling in my path. Um, <laughs> I would not wish this life upon anybody. Obviously it has its perks, uh, but being in it for as long as I have and talking to other guys that have been in it for way longer than I have, it takes a toll on you know way more aspects of your life than what the naked eye, what the fan sees, right? And obviously it's awesome because we're going to live out a dream, but we're lucky enough to be in that 0.003%, you know, of the people in the world that get to do this. And so that's amazing to be a part of that. At the same time, it comes with the downside. Actually, Anthony, um, I would like you to wish that life upon me. Can you wish your life? I would not wish this baseball life on anybody. I'll tell you what, man. Can you wish $245 million over seven years to me? That, that, would, that would be awesome. Don't speak for me, Anthony. I'll take my chances with that. $250 million. And, 
And that's that to me is the risk you run into because the Angels were looking to add to Mike Trout. Mm. We got Mike Trout. How do we make our team better? How do we build our organization and make it better? And the risk of going out and, be, and giving somebody a huge contract that you don't know because he's with a different organization as opposed to, you know, re-signing a Bobby Witt or something along those lines. But you don't have any idea what this player is going to be. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon, um, they had a, 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 a podcast with uh, A.J. Perzinski, and he went off on Anthony Rendon. And, really? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. He went off on Anthony Rendon um, and, and said that, um, you know, that just that uh, I saw this guy and I, and I saw how he worked. Um, and teammates, and like I knew somebody. He said "wamboozled." Said somebody was going to get "wamboozled," um, which is a great word to use uh, to make up is, and use. It's Chris Jones uh, during Super Bowl week. Yes, indipity. Uh, somebody's yes, indipity. Somebody's going to get "wamboozled" when they sign this guy because I can see the commitment. And he said, "I I could go into the clubhouse and I could see people showing up, and I would say that guy has it today." That guy doesn't have it today. Okay, that guy's ready to play today. And he's like, and I can predict how the game was going to go. I'm in the bullpen. I'm watching everything, right? He's like, I can predict how the game is going to go based on just watching guys as they show up to the, the ballpark. And he goes, when this guy was a free agent, I'm like, somebody's going to get wamboozled when they, when they sign him to a seven-year, $245 million contract. And my point about if you don't want to be there, it's a priority because it's my job. Okay, it's your job. Since 2015, okay, Anthony Rendon started with the Angels in 2020. The offseason of 2019 to 2020, he signed the seven years, $250 million contract. Okay. So since 2015 for Anthony Rendon, when he was a member of the Washington Nationals, and he was making, you know, $2 million, $2 million, $5 million, made $12 million. Then he gets to free agency, and he's, you know, making a boatload of money. This is since 2015. In 2018, he had a toe contusion, went on the IL, missed 20 games. This is since 2015. So that includes 16, 17, 2018, a toe contusion, 20 games. 2019, he had an elbow contusion, went on the IL, 11 games. Two IL stints, missed a total of 31 games in 2016, 17, 18, and 19. Mm -hmm. Hits free agency, signs with the Angels, Shortened season in 20. 2021, groin strain, missed 11 games. Knee contusion, missed 9 games. Hamstring strain, missed 10 games. Then was transferred to the 60-day DL because of a hip impingement. Missed the rest of the season. Total of 79 games. 2022, wrist inflammation, missed 13 games. Then transferred to the 60-day DL or IL. Because he had surgery on, he elected to have surgery on the wrist, wrist to end his season, missed 96 games. 2023, groin strain, 21 games. Wrist contusion, missed 12 games. Shin contusion, missed 74 games. Anthony Rendon signed for seven years, 250 or $245 million. He has played in 200 games for the Angels, he has missed 315 games for the Angels. He has made $129 million since he's been there. He has made $650,000 for every game he has played. And he would not wish that life on anybody. That's my point about the priority. I don't care if your priority is your, your faith in your family over, over the sports. That's fine, over your job. 
But he didn't answer the question when the guy said, do you want to be here? Because that's different. I'm here because it's my job versus do you want to be here? Because when you wanted to be there and you had a big contract on the line, you had two IL stints in three years. You get the money and you have had nine IL stints in nine in, in three years and you have missed 315 games in three years. That's somebody that doesn't want to be there. That's somebody that Salvi wants to be there. Salvi comes back from injury early, right? This guy's a great healer. Is he a great healer or is he willing to go out there and play hurt while he's still recovering because he loves the freaking game? Because he wants to be there. Because Salvi's approach was there might be somebody who doesn't make a lot of money. And he said this. There might be somebody that doesn't make a lot of money that's showing up to the ballpark that night, spending money on parking, on tickets, and food for them and their kid, and I'm going to go out there and play because they're spending the money to go and see me play. He, 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 he ain't making $250 million. He is living a hell of a life. And I bet Salvi would wish his life on everybody. Absolutely. I bet Salvi would wish his life on everybody. You know what? You... I would love for you to have my life and what I've been able to accomplish, what I've been able to do. You don't have to love the game. That's fine. But somebody got bamboozled, And it was the Angels because they thought they were getting a guy who in four years had missed a total of 31 games and was going to take their team to the next level. And all they got was a guy who cashed in and refuses to answer whether or not he wants to be at baseball. Ron Washington was talking with um, Anthony Rendon, um, and we've got uh, audio of Ron Washington uh, talking to uh, Anthony Rendon when he missed practice yesterday. I heard you're not going to be able to run with us today, that's true? Yep. Why is that? Because I'm at. Really sorry to hear that. Relaxed. It's just practice. Can't practice, you can't practice. You're hurt, you're hurt. It's as simple as that. But it ain't about that. At all. You're sitting in here, you're supposed to be the franchise player. And yet here we are, talking about you missing practice. We're talking about practice. You understand me? Practice. Not a game. Not a game, not the game you go out there and die for. Right? Play every weekend like it's your last, right? No, we talking about practice, man. Practice. You know you're supposed to be out there. You know you're supposed to lead by example. You're just shoving that all aside. And so here we are. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not the game. We're talking about practice with your team, with your teammates. The only place that we get to play together, we got control over. Rest of the time, it's us 11 against those 11. We're talking about practice, man. I'm talking about practice, and you can't do it because you're hurt, right? It's fine by me. Tell you what, do me a favor. When you get out there, set the cones so the other reserves can do a little passing drill. Let me just set up cones. I really appreciate it. There's a few things there that were odd about hearing that sound. (laughs) One, 
I didn't know Anthony Rendon had that accent. I did. I was surprised too. And Ron Washington can't catch because or can't count because he said it's our eleven versus their eleven. Yeah, it's too many players. That's, that's that. There's there's not eleven players on the field unless he's talking about two bullpen. Yeah, I, I mean know. you've got nine out there, but then the batter makes ten. But that's not even on your team. So it's our nine versus their nine. Uh, I don't know. He's been in and out of baseball. Uh, he's had different – maybe that's why he's been fired as a manager before. We'll see what he does with the Angels this year. But that's interesting. Uh, also, passing drills, it, wouldn't it just be uh, playing catch? Yeah. Or having oh, a catch? Or throwing, catch. Yeah, setting up catch, the, yeah it, It's odd the uh, the terminology the Angels use. Maybe that's why they've been struggling, <laughs> is that they think there's 11 players that go out there and play. Uh, but, wow, cannot believe they released that audio of Anthony Rendon being uh, hurt and uh, not being able to practice. But you're hurt. Okay, that's fine. You're hurt. I get it. I get it. Your air quotes hurt there. Talking about practice, man. I'm hurt. How silly is that? I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Okay, a- Anthony, are you <laughs> is your vocal cord? I'm hurt. Did you have, like, a brain right. injury? That's, Listen, Roy, I'm not going to be able to go out and play, all right? There, there are stories of people, like, like, coming out of comas with, like, a totally different accent or whatever. Because if that's happening, that's, a, that's serious. We should get this looked at. Listen here, go ask Mike Trey if he can go play right now, all right? I do right? a Roy Kent impression, but it, there's nothing Man. to say. I mean, uh, 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 Mike Trout impression. <laughs> God, imagine Mike Trout talking like, like Roy Kent. <laughs> imagine him trying to whistle! fit that role. <laughs> whistle! Whistle! The Roy, only, the only safe for radio Roy Kent impression we could do is him yelling the word whistle. Whistle, not him whistling. Whistle. Why are you talking about Ted Lasso? I, I just love the show and I think about it a lot. Yeah. Unrelated to, or, I mean, just, yeah, that was obviously Ron Washington and Anthony. Rendell. Yeah, no, that was definitely Ron Washington and Anthony. Rendell. I, th- I thought I heard Mike shout in the background blowing the whistle. I right, wrapped up this hour. We'll talk with Sam Munson from uh, Pro Football Focus coming up at noon. Switch the conversation to a little football. Chris Jones, Legarius Need, that has dominated the conversation over the last week or so with the Chiefs and free agency and uh, what is ahead of Brett Veach in the front office and how they are going to try to figure things out for the next run for the Chiefs. Eric Hosmer has officially retired. Hosmer is uh, done playing baseball. He should retire Royal. Come on, man. Sign a one-day contract. Maybe let him ring in the new stadium in a little bit. You know, give it some time. I see. Let it settle. Haas day downtown. Yeah. Free haircuts at the door. The Hosmer. 